Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from who? Us! The Good Eye Groups! My name is Matt. Today, I'm joined by Paul, Josh, and Mike. But let's get right into it. Instead of asking you all how you're doing this week, I want to ask everyone what the peak of their week has been. Just the peak. Just the peak. So, Paul, what's the best thing that happened to you this week, sir? The peak of your week. Matt, that's a really good question. Honestly, uh, I just want to say really quick that I really loved your intro this week. I really loved Game, Groups, Podcast. Just oh, thank sounded you. very official. Thank uh, you. You're very welcome. Very, very welcome. And I just want to say, peak of my week this week has been kind of boring, but kind of cool. I don't want to go harp on too much, but like I got sent a bunch of fancy stuff for my new job, which was pretty cool. They like gave me a bunch of fancy stuff, so that was cool. It was like a little Christmas present for me because a lot of the stuff... You know, I can use in a lot of different ways here, you know, personal work, some stuff like that, but Mm. I'm not saying that aloud uh, specifically, but you could, one could do that, which is cool. Some of the peripherals, Uh, but also I bought a new chair. I bought uh, this baddie here, which no one can see because we're on an audio podcast, Yeah, but it's cool. I bought it um, and I don't want to talk about how much it costs because it's, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it, but it, it, it was, it's a great chair. I'm very happy with it. It definitely doesn't squeak as much as the old one, so that's nice. That's actually what I came out looking for. I thought, you know what? If I want to drop a ton of money on a chair, the thing I'm looking for is no squeaking. I went into a store and they were like, "That that's every chair that we sell." So that was a good start. Good starting point. I did hear a little bit a little bit when you were moving around, but it's not necessarily squeaking. Maybe could use a little. It's new. That's why I need to break it in. It'll be fine. It's used. It's used. This is why oh, I was used. able to purchase it. It's, <laughs> oh, okay. ver- it's very expensive. <laughs> used is the only way this happens here, my friend. How how used? So how much ass has been in this chair? Uh, There's been ass in this chair. Here's what I'll tell you. This chair, um, like the, the design of this chair launched in 2017, so it can't be older <laughs> than four years. So there can't be more than four years of ass in this, but the tag is still on the back, but there's some wear on it. So there's definitely been some ass in here. No question. Uh, no question. One might say a lot um, of stinkers in that bad boy. Okay. Absolutely. But you know what? I'm How many hogs have been cranked in that chair? My question. <laughs> well, it, it was from an old office. Uh, like it was from part of an office uh, furniture set over or under five. So do you think like people were doing it under the desk or like that's maybe why they went out of business and they had to divest their furniture? People do do it all the time. What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like what else do you do on break? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Thanks, guys. That was really helpful. Uh, But here's the thing. I'm planning to kind of make it my own, put my own scent on it, put my own mark on it. So, you know, the longer I own it, uh, you know, after about four years of owning it, I feel like it'll officially be mine. So I just got to put some put some effort in. Only four years. That's not bad. Put my nah. mark on it. Absolutely. There is, by the way, Matt, I just want to say not really a lot of squeak. It's just because it's like I'm rolling around on it. Right. And so that creates some some clicky sounds, which I'm right. currently recreating for you for our audio podcast to enjoy loudly. Thank you. Appreciate it. Josh, what was the peak of your week? I'm not going to be able to top Paul's because Paul, Paul just talks a lot. and But Paul's really good at talking a lot. So, you know... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I actually have something to say about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all that said, boy, golly gee, has this week been shit. <laughs> Let's just throw it out. Big shout out to Friday, which is tomorrow. Well, the day of recording, Thursday, Friday is tomorrow. And that's going to be great. 
because that means this goddamn week is ending and uh, the weekend is here and I can drink myself into a stupor. Uh, the American industrial complex and its consequences, uh, folks. Matt, what do we call Friday? Friday. We call it Friday. Thank you. Thank you. You know, part of me feels bad when we reference the upcoming weekend because this podcast goes public on Sundays. And so I feel like people are just like, oh, fuck you. Sunday scaries. And they're just like, man, yeah. my weekend is over. Yeah. So I sort of feel bad at times. Or they're listening to it like Monday morning going to work and they're like, well, now come on. Come on. Anyway, Mike, what was the best thing that happened to you this week? The peak, you might say. The peak of my, I mean, my my week was a goddamn mountain range with peaks um Ooh. so i think i'm gonna say you know there there's i got a new job there's you know the videos that went up on on goodnight grease but i think my peak is uh actually happened today um actually happened like 30 minutes ago well ended 30 minutes ago i got to play sonic adventure 2 and sonic mania on the goodnight Groove's Twitch channel. Hell yeah. And it was a blast. I had fun. Uh Sonic Mania is amazing, incredible. The music is way too good. Way too good for any video game. Should not exist. Yeah, it was fun. I had Just so time. we're clear, uh Mike has had like unprecedented success on our YouTube channel over the past week and a half, and he just chose playing Sonic as his peak of the week. <laughs> it's it's <Yeah>. cursed. <laughs> that's how right. good Sonic is. <laughs> well, yeah, when when you're this good at making videos, that's your job. But the peak of your week is, <laughs> is just kicking back with a fun game. You know, sometimes when you get so famous, it's hard. It gets to your head. You need to just sit down in a classic stream, play a little Sonic. You mm -hmm. know, I kind of I'm starting to liken Mike to like a Henry Cavill sort, where wow, he he really yeah. just it sort of enjoys like the video gaming is is secondary but it's sort of his is it's his enjoying you know lifetime and and he just gets to kick back like you were saying and, and enjoy things that's sort of how i view mike i don't know where this is going <laughs> and for the and for the for the audio only people that, that have never seen my face i definitely look like henry cavill Absolutely. he does he does he does Sorry, is this what I'm questioning here is what part of Henry Cavill is where he just like kicks back <laughs> and enjoys know. life, but also kind of likes video. Is that like his brand that he kicks back and enjoys he life? Does. He does. Like, he builds PCs. He plays well. Like God, that PC building video. Ooh, bro, Henry Cavill is both fuckable and gameable. He's, yeah, he's it's yeah. wonderful. Ladies, he's gameable. He's like yeah. a two in one kitchenette set. That's wonderful. <laughs> What is a two-in-one kitchenette? Like you, it's got an oven and a countertop. I guess. I guess the two-in-one kitchenette is just a kitchen. It's a bad kitchen because it only has two functions. <laughs> Do you want counters and cabinets? Do I get a dishwasher? No, just All right, two. We have to move on. This is a gaming podcast. We have to get into the We're show. We're talking about Henry Cavill, uh, Matt. That's segment. gaming. I'm sorry. I had the only gaming-related peak of the week. Jeez. Matt, what what's your peak of the week? Oh, thank you. Uh, so yeah. my peak of the week is Mike's review of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, so my peak is is actually something that Mike did. It was really well done review. It is now our that's called being a good team leader. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I try. I, I aspire to that. It's our most well performing video. That's not a short on our YouTube channel now. 
also our short clips from Southern Fry Groups are doing really well. That's something we started in the last week and a half, two weeks here. And so go check that out. If you haven't checked any of that out, some uh, some good content, specifically the reviewed, like long form stuff. Go check that out because Mike put a lot of work into it, did a really good job. And he has a Dying Light 2 review coming out at some point soon here. I'm not going to put another timetable on it. On him this time. Timetable. <laughs> Just as long as it's done uh, by Monday. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Matt, 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 I just want to say if anyone has been raring to see, I've gone on YouTube and I have not seen a single review of Dungeon Dwarves. So I just want to let everyone know that there is going to be a 60 second review, the first 60 second review on our GG, uh, our Goodnight Grooves channel uh, for Dungeon Dwarves. You definitely want to check that out on our shorts. That is true. Uh, that's coming. It is coming. There's nothing else. It's true that it's coming. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> All right, let's move on to trending topics. I want to say one, really quickly, I'm really happy <laughs> that I contributed to Matt's greatest moment of the week and probably worst moment of the week by me also playing Sonic on the channel. Yeah, that's true. We are like a Sonic Twitch channel now, and that kind of bugs me. All right. <laughs> a lot of our recent followers have followed because they're like, y'all like Sonic? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to training topics in trending topics i give our panelists a game title sorry i give them <laughs> i have the wrong description written here this is not the in all right i'll Rank do it up. off memory in training topics we fucking google trends last seven days three different topics they have to tell me which had the best stats over the last seven days we're gonna play three quick rounds here you'd think after saying this for 31 times at this point i would yeah. know uh, word for word, but I don't. Matt, don't I don't, don't forget we take one dollar. We take suggestions for trending topics from the one dollar. We uh, actually Patreon. don't. We uh, believe it or not, <laughs> we should. <laughs> believe it or not, you can't buy into trending topics. I'm sorry. All right, first category or first round rather: Google Stadia, Amazon Luna, or Xbox Cloud. Fucking Google, Google Stadia. Stadia. Uh, I don't know that. You, what was the second one? Xbox something. <laughs> Google Stadia, Amazon Luna, and Xbox Cloud. Oh, Xbox Cloud. There we go. Yeah, we're rolling with Xbox. I I think Xbox is clear. Even though people don't really know what Xbox Cloud is, I think it probably has more hype than Stadia. But I just because I'm in the nerd space, I feel like I know what Stadia is. So I'm gonna say Google Stadia. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Google Stadia because I wouldn't know to search Xbox Cloud because I don't right. know what <laughs> like what specifically that term is. I would look up like Xbox gaming i don't know i wouldn't look up cloud well that's what they call it i know they what they it call xbox it they're wrong all right well the answer is xbox cloud so there you go the answer is xbox <laughs> I, cloud. that's wrong. what got searched <laughs> all right round two pokemon silver pokemon gold or pokemon crystal they're all so bad you take that back yeah uh josh you, know you gotta take that back i'm sorry we're, 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 going, <laughs> we're going with uh we're going with the best one pokemon crystal Listen, we're not going with the best one on my guess. We're going with my absolute unadulterated favorite, and that is Pokemon Silver. Yeah, I'm going with Silver, too. The answer is Pokemon Gold. I was shocked by this. Well, yeah. I always thought that Why? Silver was sort of the, the favorite <laughs> among those, but, uh, you know, I guess it's uh, Gold, or at least that's shorter. most searched. I felt like Lugia was more popular than Ho-Oh, but whatever. Yeah, yeah same. Ho-Oh is a fucking jank-ass bird. What the fuck language are you speaking? <laughs> it's just ho oh, is just Moltres. Ah, yes, of course. ho oh, is just a snack cake. Okay. All right. Round three. Uh, what? <laughs> Round Where's three. my secret cake Pokemon? 
Bungie, Blizzard, or Activision? It's not know. Bungie. No one gives a fuck. It's Blizzard. They had a lot of news this week. I mean, Bungie did too. Fuck up. Blizzard. Fuck uh, it. Fuck it. People like Blizzard. I don't think anyone wants to look for Activision news. People don't care about Activision. Uh, Bungie, no one. I think Blizzard. Blizzard. Fuck it. Yeah, I think Blizzard. Well, you think correctly because the answer is Blizzard. Love it. We did. Sorry, what was, what was the answer, Matt? Uh, Blizzard. I've never. Is who is that? Mister Blizzard, the, the founder <laughs> of Blizzard, <laughs> Professor Blizzard, of course. Let's move on to the big question. We live in a world with a wide variety of video games. You can pretty much play as whoever you want to these days, from a superhero president in Saints Row Four to a literal goat with a vendetta against physics in Goat Simulator. Matt, was this written in 2015? Uh, this was written yesterday. In recent years, players have also been presented with more options in regard to challenge and difficulty, from walking simulators to choose-your-own-adventure to hack-and-slash to precision platformers to Soulsborne games. There's something for everyone in the world of single-player gaming. Recent entries in the Tomb Raider reboot series even introduced us to the ability to individually set difficulty sliders for different parts of the game, opening the door for completely customizable difficulty settings in future games. So here's the question. How do you generally prefer to play games from a difficulty standpoint? Or does it change from game to game? Do you specifically seek out games based on difficulty, whether hard or easy? Sort of a softball question, but I thought it would be a good discussion regarding video game difficulty. Mike, I know that this is something that you have thought about over like the last maybe year, really. This has been sort of a topic on your mind and you've been ruminating on the idea of putting a, together a video of some sort regarding this topic. So I want to go to you first since you, you probably have some ideas at the ready, but give us your thoughts. How do you first tell everyone how you generally prefer to play games or if it changes from game to game? Do you specifically seek out games based on difficulty? And then let's just hear your take on, on video game difficulty in general. So most of you here probably think that I just turned it on to the hardest difficulty and play it. And you'd be mostly right. I usually do that for like shooters for most of your like uh, mainstream video games. Think like Halo. That's I'm putting that on uh legendary, you know, Call of Duty. I'm putting on veteran, et cetera, et cetera. But then once you get into things like RPGs and stuff, it gets muddy. I'm going to be honest. A lot of devs, a lot, a lot of these devs don't, I don't want to blame the devs. A lot of the games are not designed with the idea of we need different difficulty levels. They're just like, shit, everyone expects an easy, medium, and hard. Well, let's just tune the numbers and call it a day. And that's really dumb. And I don't like that, <laughs> um, which which is a very basic answer, but it's very lazy. It leads to a bad experience. It leads you questioning which experience is how the game is supposed to be experienced, because are the are the enemies supposed to be like punching through tissue paper or are they supposed to be giant health sponges? Who knows what is the actual intention here? Granted, most difficulty you know, selection screens say this is the way to play the game, but um, I will usually start off on the most difficult setting and see if it works for the game. Games that I've done that in, 
Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I played on the hardest difficulty. That actually made the game bearable for me. Um, I feel like if I put it on easy, I would have been upset because at first everything was naturally a, a bullet sponge, which prompted me to play the game differently instead of just going in and getting into a combat and just mowing through guys. I took the game more stealth approach because assassinations had higher crit chance and higher crit damage and all this other stuff. Um, eventually the game gives you enough legendary gear that everything's a cakewalk, even at the highest difficulty setting. So um, I think that's really when I stopped playing the game because it was just throw the spear around and murder everyone in five seconds. There's an item that they give you. It's like have 25% max of your max health as your total but also increase your damage output by four times and it's dumb. And that's how I played the game. But yeah, it really depends. I like games that use difficulty as a way to enhance the enhance the experience. Games like Celeste do that where uh, the difficulty kind of ramps up in certain areas to mimic the emotions and, you know, the storyline of what you're supposed to be feeling. Celeste is a game about, uh, kind of conquering your inner demons. Uh, the main character has anxiety uh, to the point where she has anxiety attacks during the game. Um, one of the other characters, Theo, has an issue of he feels like he's in a glass prison with everyone watching him, which is why his level has you has him in a literal glass prison and you have to haul him around, um, which adds difficulty because you're trying to get through these emotional barriers um and then the final final level in it deals with grief and honestly the difficulty scaling made me feel like i was going through the stages of grief um because there are certain moves in the game that i was just like this is pretty much luck i think with the timing and i hate this and i was getting angry and then i was just like okay eventually i'll just do it because it's lucky and I did. And when, you know, when I accepted that it was luck based, I then got through it and I was much happier. Games like that are great because they take difficulty and the way the game is played and they add to the actual impact of the story. Um, it's a good marriage. Um, so I'll seek games like that out. Um, games like Dark Souls and Cuphead and games that are built just to be difficult, I actually don't really seek out. I, I, I got the first Dark Souls when, when it was released because I was a hardcore Andy back in high school and was like, oh, I need to play it. It's really hard. I don't think I ever actually beat it. And then I got Dark Souls 2 because I was just like, yeah, I like Dark Souls 1. It, it's a good game. Uh, I played like all of maybe five minutes of Dark Souls 2 and then stopped. And I never played Dark Souls 3 until last year. So games like that I don't seek out intentionally because it just feels like they're just doing... I felt like Dark Souls didn't do difficulty correctly because I felt like some of the stuff was cheap and kind of silly. Looking at the Gargoyles fight, we made the fight harder by adding a second one. Like That, that to me was just like, okay, that's lazy. Um, but Dark Souls 3 does difficulty well. I'm rambling. Basically, I don't seek it out unless it really adds to the experience. 
um, or if it's done well. I agree with your main point there completely. I, I almost think that difficulty choices in a game are almost completely pointless if it's just damage or health reduction or increases, you know, whatever the case may be, whether it's to you or the enemy to, to make the game more difficult just because of that. I think that's lazy. I would rather devs just focus more on creating the best experience, whatever the middle of the road version of that is, than just having an option to increase or decrease like that. That's weird to me. It doesn't feel like it. it it's never felt right in any game to me ever. You're very correct that from software, and of course I haven't played all these games, but just from watching, over time from software has learned so much developing Demon Souls to Dark Souls to Bloodborne to Sekiro and now to Elden Ring, that it's not just about a couple mechanics here and there um, to make things a little bit difficult, punishingly so, but really almost becoming like a really complex dance that you have to work in the boss fights. And so they, they've come a really long way. And that's why, you know, the fact that they they've sort of perfected it now and they are the ones that everyone looks to for uh, difficult games and making making games not just difficult to be difficult, but difficult with a purpose and actually having intention behind their decisions and making the game difficult, not just upping health pools or or whatever. So I totally agree on that. Josh, you are a big Dark Souls fan. You like Soulsborne games. You played Sekiro and Bloodborne and all that good stuff. And let's hear uh, let's hear your thought on difficulty in games because I know that at least as of late, you have been seeking out those kind of games specifically. Yeah, it's definitely been way more of a recent kick. I I didn't really get into Dark Souls three until like 2016, and really didn't dive in until this like past year. Um, and now that I have, it's basically got me all sorts of sucked in. Uh, all that to kind of say, I think my difficulty preference really does reside on the fact that I prefer when a game just kind of sets it for you. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's some times where I think it works okay, but there's also times where I, you know, think it doesn't. You know, just to kind of as an example, I actually like the way it works in Halo. Uh, do I think Legendary is a bit of bullshit? Yeah, but you can get through it, you know, and, and it works okay. But there's other times where I think it just doesn't add any variety or spice or anything new at all. Uh, in the case of like Skyrim or Fallout 4, it just turns things into meat sponges and there's no real difficulty barrier there. It makes you weaker. It makes them stronger. There's no fun in that. They just add extra time on top of it for you to kill things. It's, there's really no actual difficulty there. I, I do find now moving from Dark Souls 3 down to Dark Souls 1, Jesus Christ, did they find ways to make fights bullshit to make it difficult. Uh, just like Mike was talking about with Gargoyles. Hell, even Capper Demon. They just throw in the two dogs in there because they designed a shitty fight. And, and realistically, that's all it is. Like You got the two dogs that just harass you, and he's just attacking you a good bit, and you just kind of have to bullshit his little area to make it work. You could argue that's good design. I think it's kind of shitty. Really, to me, more interestingly, on aside from like RPGs and um, uh, shooters and you know FromSoft games, I think a really interesting space to look at difficulty in gaming is MMOs. Uh, naturally, uh, Warcraft being one of those. Um, you know, you have your three: you have normal, heroic, mythic. We don't talk about LFR. <laughs> and and I think they do a really good job of striking that area because where things in mythic have a lot of health, 
if it just goes to show if you finally tune your game to where the difficulty makes sense and it works, that difficulty can be brutal. You have to play to your utmost perfection. But if you do, it pays off in spades because it's satisfying having actually succeeded and won in that fight. Uh, in another case of this not being the case in RPG, let's look at The Witcher 3 with Death March. Death March is literal bullshit. It's awful, it's terrible, and I won't be talked down from this ledge. Um, you can get by with the difficulty below that, but Death March is abject bullshit and it's awful. So I think it just kind of shows that I, I wish going forward the developers would just put a difficulty in the game and say, this is how it should be played. You'll get the best experience if you play it just like this. And I think that that to me is fair. I don't feel like it's handholdy so long as they give you other options for the people who want to be fucking masochist and like rub their balls on like splintered wood. Like, and if that's what they want to do, wonderful, great, they have that option. But for the people who just want to play the game the way it was meant to be played, I feel like they should add that going forward. So, you know, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see if maybe that's a thing. I feel like I've seen it more and more um, in this day and age where they've finally said, you know, to people, hey, this is the difficulty you should play on. Uh, or maybe just, you know, it's known around the community, like with Halo. Like, I'd say generally most people in Halo are like, just play on Heroic if you just want to get the best experience without completely breaking your head against the wall. So, yeah, no, that's, that's when you were going on, you know, talking about that stuff, that's that's one thing I was going to bring up. It, it, that is something that we've seen more recently. I'm pretty sure that Control was a game that that didn't have uh, difficulty settings. It was sort of just generally difficult, and I don't think you could change the difficulty. A lot of um, third person action games is where we're sort of seeing that more. It's one of those things where we either need to just have what the developer intended for a lot of these games. If your goal isn't specifically difficulty, then I think it should either be what the developer intended or go all out with what Tomb Raider did and make everything customizable. If I want to do tougher puzzles, then I can do that. But if I want the enemies to still be fairly weak, I can have that while also having tough puzzles. Like, I would be able to choose the different parts of the game and what I want to be difficult, what suits me more. Maybe maybe I'm like an older person who's playing a video game and really wants to get into the puzzle and do a tough puzzle, but like maybe I don't have the fast twitch movements required to do some combat or something like that. Like I think we either need to do that or um, just leave it as the developer intended for a lot of games. If that's not if difficulty is not the point of the game. Paul, I know you're going to come at this from a totally different angle than these two, something more similar to to me probably, but what are your thoughts on difficulty in games and what do you usually go for? Yeah, so I think for a long time I did the normal thing, which is literally the normal thing. I'd play on normal <laughs> and I, I kind of chastised myself for ever going below that because uh, I felt bad doing it. Uh, I would often play sometimes on easy as well, but I'd feel bad about it. At this point, I don't. Uh, it depends on the game. It's entirely dependent on the game. So, for instance, I recently got into playing The Witcher 3. I was finding that I was getting kind of discouraged because I was dying a lot. And the thing that I enjoyed in the game was not the combat necessarily, but the story. And so in that game, because the story was what I cared the most about, I played on the easiest setting. And then as I got better at it, I kind of learned the nuances of the combat a bit. I upped the difficulty a little bit to a good, happy medium. 
but yeah, for that part of the fun of that game for me was kind of the power fantasy of being Geralt and being able to kind of mow through everyone because it seems kind of weird that Geralt would get like beaten by like two drowners or something. So I actually kind of thought it added something a little bit to me again because I was playing mostly to explore and have the story and less for difficulty. But that being said, in the last few years, uh, I have gotten more and more into, you know, difficult games. I rarely play a game that I like. If there's a difficulty slider, I almost never play it on the top two difficulties. I usually play normal or lower, but I will say uh, games that have one difficulty, I get much more into, and that has become something that I've gotten more into. Uh, I, I will not even attempt to talk about Celeste too much because I know that like Mike has a lot more experience in that than I do, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, and that game I really got into because I liked that there was just one difficulty and the difficulty was kind of hard and getting harder. And that was cool because um, I didn't feel I just felt like this is the game and that's the point of it. Like the same with Cuphead. I, I really enjoyed playing Cuphead because it was just hard. I, I, you know, obviously there was like a very easy mode to that game. But uh, I, I think there was something fun about beating it, knowing that everyone else beat it the same, you know, the same difficulty. And that's kind of the point of playing the game in a way. Um, so it's less about the story and less about other things and more about just beating a difficult game. And it was well designed, of course. I, again, I think you guys hit the nail on the head with the Dark Souls stuff and other games, too. When you just have double of the villain and stuff like that, that can be pretty lazy. But I think in a visually impressive, good ambiance kind of game, difficulty can be great. And I think difficulty for the sake of it can be made the main factor of a game. Uh, again, I, that's why I've gotten a lot into roguelites and roguelikes. I really like... Uh, dead cells a lot i wouldn't say it's like inherently difficult but i mean certainly compared to playing games on easy i think you can get to points where it gets pretty difficult and you have to start over again from the very beginning uh, i know for a lot of people that's not their favorite thing it's becoming more in vogue to do stuff like that but yeah i, I think games that have one difficulty and you just get in and you play it is my preferred way of playing a hard game. I like that we're all just playing a hard game and maybe some people finish it in 50 hours and I finish it in like 150 hours, but it's still cool that, you know, we're all kind of playing the same difficulty versus games that have a difficulty slider. I'm very, very unlikely to play it on a higher difficulty because for me, that's not what the game was designed for. If there's a slider, it clearly wasn't tuned that way. Yeah, Paul, a couple things that you said that I want to hit on because I literally have yeah. these things in my notes. Uh, you said the words power fantasy. For yes. me, I love a good power fantasy in video games. You you said that to me, Matt, when I was playing The Witcher 3 and I said I was playing on yeah. easy. You said it's like fun for the power fantasy. And I stuck on that because it, I kind of started, I didn't initially read it like that. And then as once you said that, I kind of thought, oh, this is awesome. I'm like so powerful. I'm Geralt. This is awesome. Games like that, games like the Spider-Man games, God of War, those are the types of games that I enjoy just being this all powerful character and focusing on the story. So I'll play those on normal and just enjoy it and maybe even slide it down a difficulty. Sometimes if I'm just feeling like I want to blast through something in recent years, I have been more open to challenging games, much like Paul. I haven't delved into a ton of them, but I'm open to them. I know I've been talking about playing one of the dark souls games recently it really just comes down to the fact i was gonna play dark souls 3 but it's kind of comes down to the fact that i'm waiting to see what elden ring is like from a difficulty standpoint because if it's if it's about the same as dark souls 3 i'm just gonna play elden ring at this point as far as the difficulty sliders like paul i still play pretty much every game that has a slider i'll play it on normal for the most part i like paul 
pretty much never pick a difficulty above whatever the medium or normal level is set at. The only time I would do that is if it's a game that I really like and I really want trophies that are locked on a higher difficulty, or if it's a game that I've played a ton and just sort of know like the back of my hand and feel like I can up the difficulty a little, a little bit more. That's really the only time I'll do that. I'll never go into a game blind at, at a higher difficulty than normal. I would never do that. But similar to also what Paul was saying, I really like games where they're just like, this is our difficulty. It's it's pretty hard. Have at it. Or this is our difficulty. It's a little challenging, but it's not a hard game. Have at it. I just I don't like having to make that decision because it's not that I don't trust developers, but I don't trust them to usually making the difficulty sliders meaningful. And that's just because I don't know if there's really ever been any game where it's been like, this is your easy or medium and your hard or your easy, medium, hard, very hard. I don't, there's the list of games that utilize that well are so small. Halo maybe being one of them um, just because legendary is so popular and, and I think pretty well done, but there are very few games where the difficulty sliders are meaningful other, other than just like, much larger health pools for the enemies and you do zero damage and you die instantly. And I don't know, that just doesn't really add much to a game to, uh, to me more walking Sims. I like that. That's there's zero difficulty. <laughs> that, I, that's my favorite type of game. I played any good ones lately. Yeah. Your mom. Okay. Let's move on to <laughs> rank them up. We went on a walk, dude. Chill. Long walks on the beach, dude. <laughs> All right. In Rank Em Up, I give the panelists multiple sets of three different games, and they have to work together to rank them in the correct order based on the criteria that I provide. We take game set suggestions for Rank Em Up from our $1 plus supporters on Patreon at patreon.com. So it's good night, Griff, where you can message us your suggestion. Round one, rank these based on the top Metacritic meta score. That is the critic score. No, is this lowest the, fa- the, the Facebook score? Facebook score? This is <laughs> the meta score. Oh God, is Metascore going to be like our future like social credit scores? Is that how <laughs> it? A- it absolutely already is behind the scenes. Yeah, our meta scores. Oh God. All right, here are the games you're ranking these from lowest to highest: Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, or Nickelodeon Kart Racers. Oh okay, so Crash is top. CTR is super popular. Yeah, it's definitely got to be top. Not a doubt in my mind. But uh, now Sonic and Nickelodeon. <laughs> Sonic All-Stars, I'm pretty sure, had some decent... Uh, my honest thought is Crash, Sonic, Nickelodeon, and I, I don't even think it's... like I don't I don't think I'm off. I'm I, pretty I sure. honestly am 100% down with that because regardless, Crash is on top. So at the, at the end of the day, we get one right. Sonic All-Stars Racing was decent and it was on a lot of platforms. Mike, do you have any uh, anything to jump in with? No, absolutely not. All right, Matt, we're going with it. Crash, Sonic, Nickelodeon. That's your ranking from lowest to highest? Oh, fuck. God, don't <laughs> lowest get, to highest. Nickelodeon, Sonic, away. Crash. All right, the answer is Nickelodeon, Sonic, and Crash. You got it. Here are the scores. Sonic and All-Stars Racing transformed to 82 on the 360 mm-hmm. and the PS3. That's a good game. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, an 84 on the Xbox One. 
Also a good game. Nickelodeon Kart Racers. Now, this was the highest score cons- pretty considerably as well. Uh, on Xbox One, a 49. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turns out people didn't want to ride, ride around as Patrick Starr, as it turns out. <laughs> Nickelodeon is... Well, here's the thing. SpongeBob always failed his boating test. That was a big part mm, of it. So, like, why true. would I want to... Why would I want him behind the wheel? Can't trust yeah. him. Can't trust him. Mm. Why, SpongeBob? <laughs> why? <laughs> All right, round two. Rank these based on release date from oldest to most recent. Super Mario Galaxy, The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, and Bioshock. Recent, more like releasent, am I right? Uh, What is it? Galaxy, Bioshock, and Twilight Princess. Yes. Uh, Twilight Princess came out on GameCube into Wii, right? I think that that had to be like oh four. Was that Skyward mm-hmm. Sword? Yeah. No, so that's Skyward Sword. That's Skyward Sword. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. We, no, no, we Skyward, was... Skyward Sword was Wii. And then Twilight was the Wii Princess U. wasn't that I the think, GameCube was it? Wii one. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, did, was Twilight oh. Princess on GameCube? Okay. I think Twilight Princess came first. So I think it's Twilight yeah, yeah. Princess. No, it did. And then, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So Galaxy is definitely a Wii title. So I know oh, Galaxy. Geez. Bioshock was 2007. Bioshock when had to be Galaxy the come out. I think Galaxy is the middle one. I think Twilight Princess has got to be the first. No, no, no. Galaxy, See, the ones Twilight I'm, Princess is the oldest because it's it was it was part GameCube. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Twilight Princess is a little older. God, what came first, the Twilight? But that Princess also, the but like we came out in 2006, so like it's not too far. Is off. Twilight Princess the one where he turns into a wolf? I don't who fucking knows. I think so. Twilight, probably right. He turns into a quirky blue head. He's dog. Team Jacob. <laughs> 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 I honestly it's, are you team Sonic or are you team Zelda uh, team Link for Zelda's affection what the fuck are our answers <laughs> I this one's got me fucking this is we're in a bit of a kerfuffle here boys okay let me let me think so again I think Twilight Princesses is fuck I think Twilight Princess is the oldest and then I think it's <sighs> galaxy I feel like they waited a long time to come up with a Mario game well, because the most Wii. recent was was Sunshine, right? Uh, yeah. Like I, before that, yeah. Sunshine was 03. I think there was a long period of time between them. Like I think people were like, "Where's the Wii came out? Where's the Mario game?" Yeah, because and then you guided and directed because you like shot the stars with your like dick remote. You definitely um, on the Wii. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Bioshock going Twilight Princess, uh, Galaxy, Bioshock. I think it's Twilight Princess, Galaxy Bioshock, or Bioshock Galaxy. I think I'm going to say, which, by the way, sounds like an interesting uh, version of like a, a games-as-a-service Bioshock game. Oh, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck it. I don't know. Uh, sure, Josh. I think we should go. No, I don't know. I think... Look, here, if Mike, Mike help needs me to out. be the tiebreaker, then d- Mike, let's do it. help me out. I think Galaxy came out late on the Wii. There was Galaxy 2. There was Galaxy 2. I know. <laughs> but the Wii had a long light. Well, not that long. 2012. Fuck it. All right. My thought is Twilight Princess, uh, Galaxy, and Bioshock. That is, that's where I'm going with Josh. Leave it to the Mike. man who's played no Nintendo games. So I have, I'm, I outvoted. So well, no, not necessarily. If you have a good, you <laughs> what, are, what are your me. thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Matt. All right, Matt. We got it. It's uh, Twilight Princess came first, then uh, Galaxy, then Bioshock, then the egg. All right. Here's the order: The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. Bioshock yeah, and Super Mario Galaxy. Here, hold my ears and fuck my butt. Motherfucker. 
Twilight Princess came out December 2006. You're right. Yeah. It was GameCube and GameCube. Wii. I was mm-hmm. wondering if that was going to be what threw you guys off, if you didn't remember that. that. Uh, Bioshock came out August 2007. Seven, yeah. Super Mario Galaxy came out November 2007. Yeah, I thought it'd be Dang. close on those ones. Should have listened to you, Paul. I'm sorry. I failed. That's okay. I, I kind of went with you, too. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I, you guys got me with the two. Galaxy 2. And I was like... It's, it can't be that late, but you know what? It was only a couple months, so fuck you, Matt. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next round, round three. Rank these based on the top Metacritic user score from lowest to highest. Mm. All low. <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Oxenfree, and Inside. What the fuck is Oxenfree? Fuck. Oh, dude, Oxenfree is good. They're Oxenfree owned by uh, Netflix now, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Ori was big dick. Inside was really fucking good. People like Oxenfree, too. It's got like the kind of like the, the people who make weird fanfic art for it, I feel like, are really into it. And they're they're a legion. See, I can't comment on this one because I don't know anything about Oxenfree. So I'm, I'm leaving this this one a little more in y'all's hands. Oxenfree is absolutely not a Josh game. I can tell you that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's a 2D walking simulator. Pretty much, yeah. Crazy It's like slow. a mystery yeah walking simulator. also liked limbo and inside but yeah those are kind of different no those are those have like interesting mechanics this is just walking <laughs> and there's parts where you have to go up like eight ladders and go back down them yeah and it, it takes like tedious. it takes like an hour <laughs> okay i promise i'm not looking at the score i'm literally going to go straight to images i'm just looking at images uh oh fine. just so you can get a look interesting okay Neat. it's cool it's they cool. look quirky it is quirky. It's a fun game. Mike, do you have any uh, anything to say on this? I'm really stumped. Like, I know they're all going to be... I feel like Oxenfree has the lowest chance of being high, but also I'm a little worried that that's why Matt put it in to fuck with us. Because, again, I feel like it's the kind of game that would have a weird legion of fans. I would probably put Oxenfree at last. If I had yeah, to guess. I would say Ori is probably the top. Okay, so maybe we're going to say... So based on that, we can say Oxenfree... Inside, or is it inside? Oxenfree inside Ori? Ooh, I don't. Ori's wholesome, you monsters. Oxenfree did what? It was the will of the wisps, okay? <laughs> I think inside is the better walking sim, is the thing. Then what? Then Oxenfree. Of course, but I'm just saying, like, maybe it's a small game and there weren't as many reviews and the reviews scored it insanely high. That's Look, my it, it was it was a strange like puzzle walking game that Dunkey really liked and I liked. So it's got to be like decently high. I don't know if that tracks. Bunk. Yeah, that's bunk. Dunk bunk. Uh, Jesus Christ. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Oxenfree is a fucking red herring and it's going to be top, but I'm, you know what? I'm with you. I think we should go with what our, our logic brains think, which is, uh, which is Oxenfree inside Orion Will of Wisps, right? Are we in for that? Yeah. Go All for right, it. Matt. The order, the lowest scoring one, it starts with an O and it is Oxenfree. Oh, number two is inside. Number three is Ori. Good Mike, job, yes. Good job. Glad I could help. All right. Last round, round four. Rank these based on release date from oldest again to most recent. The games are Hollow Knight, Shovel Knight, and Batman Arkham Knight. What the fuck? 
Okay, so this is easy. This is Shovel so Knight's easy. the oldest, right? Shovel Knight's easily the oldest. Uh, then Arkham Knight came out 2015. We did this last time. Uh, when did Hollow Knight come out? I think 2016 or 17. Hollow, Hollow Knight came out in like 2017 because it was following. People were like crazy about Souls likes after. 30. Yeah, so it's Shovel Arkham Hollow. That's final answer. That's final answer. Yep, easily. Yeah, the order. Shovel Knight, Batman Arkham Knight, Hollow Knight. I am Man. shocked you guys got that as quickly as you did. I did not I just, think that you would place Shovel Knight on a timeline that quickly. I just, it's so old to me. I, like, I, you want to know how I know it's old? I'm pretty sure I remember Total Biscuit doing a WTF is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, now it's got me mad curious. Yeah, what is that? 2014. Wow. You know what, Matt? Yep. Uh, if I had known even remotely reasonably before this that Shovel Knight was a 2014 release, wow, Mike and Josh just simultaneously took a sip of their cans of, of drink. Uh, and that was, <laughs> we, we will never see such a thing in our lives again. Uh, this what is really interesting. For Wait, what? He, he, meant, he, meant Matt. Matt. he meant Matt. Okay. Like, <laughs> I meant... You both have M's. It's basically, it's anyone's guess at this point. But yeah, I, I, if I had seen that it was 2014 beforehand, I would have been frazzled. Really? That, that was interesting. So that's that's newer than you thought. I would have thought 2011 or something. I can't wow. believe that I was so confident uh, <laughs> being that close. It's a little nerve wracking actually looking mm -hmm. back. Well, let's move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week paul what have you been playing this week sir i'll keep it short and sweet it's been a busy week i've been retooling the office here um and just trying to get everything in order so i haven't been playing a lot of games mostly playing some games in the evening watching some tv so i've been playing more balloons putting more hours into that uh that shit is my new fave having a lot of fun with balloons td6 on steam good times uh, also as you will find out and i mentioned at the top of the show i was playing a lot of dungeon dwarves I shouldn't be playing it. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil the review for you right now. It's not a good game. But there's something about like my ADHD addled brain that just like sits there and like this number, it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's just, it's not good. There's no, anyway, the point is I've been playing that. I mean, yeah, sure. Well, listen, people who listen to this probably aren't going to watch the 60 second review. So I'll tell you right now, uh, you know, there's no systems. Here's your thing. When you think of these <laughs> idle games, you think of like, what's the most annoying thing about idle games, right? You think, oh, all the microtransactions, of course, because that's the only way these games are profitable, right? Or you think of all the systems, way too many of them because they need to put places to put the microtransactions. Well, this game solved that by getting rid of all the microtransactions and also getting rid of every system. So it's just, you just have five dwarves. You can't change who they are. They have no personality. Uh, they all have slightly different animations to their attacks, but the elements of their attack don't matter in the game at all. They they shape differently as you level them up. Um, there's gear, but the gear doesn't matter. You just kind of continually collect it, uh, and the game never ends. I, I assume at some point something may happen, but I'm about like I'm probably played ten hours of this game and nothing. Jesus nothing's, Christ, nothing's happened. So at this point. <laughs> I don't know if anything is going to. So here's my what I would say to Riot Forge here. Uh, interesting concept. It's, it's interesting to have a game that you can download for free that if you have a Netflix, Netflix subscription, you don't have to pay any money for because it's kind of included in the subscription. That's novel. 
And I want to talk more about that. I think I might make a YouTube video. There's there's a lot to talk about there that I think is interesting. But that being said, Hextech Mayhem is also included in the subscription. Go play Hextech Mayhem. <laughs> Don't play Dungeon Dwarves. It's not anything. I would have, I can't believe that any like Riot Forge has their name in this. I feel like they just got a random studio and we're like, Netflix asked for two and we only have one. So guys, can you take your shitty game, take all the microtransactions out of it and then we'll publish it. It's uh, It's terrible. But I've played 10 hours of it, so what do you know? Uh, also, uh, I keep I haven't played any Fortnite this week, but I, I am feeling I'm getting the FOMO a little bit because Vi from League of Legends, or rather the, the design of Vi from Arcane has been a skin with like a bunch oh. of stuff for a while in uh, in in uh, Fortnite, pardon me. And so I logged in today, bought that pack. I'm very excited nice. to when I go back and play Fortnite again with my nephew or just play on my own uh it'll be fun to play as vi who's one of my my top characters of the year i would say but yeah i didn't actually play any so there you go mike don't don't give me that face i know there's more interesting characters i'm not saying that like jinx and silco for talking about arcane weren't more interesting characters but i like vi so there you go also i'm a big shipper okay does she have the big hands she does have the big hands. She has what annoys me though is you can't use the big hands as like as like the mining pick. You have oh, to use Jace's yeah. hammer, which oh, is annoying because yeah. why would Vi use Jace's hammer? Yeah. It looks cool, but it's weird. Um, but she also has a sick emote of her like shadow boxing. Oh uh, cool. and it, and it's really cool. So anyway, that's that's it. Um that's all I've done this week. I barely played games except when I put 10 hours into Dungeon Dwarfs. That is all. That's you've played more Dungeon Dwarfs than anyone I think in the world has so far, actually. I think I might actually have that title. And I and I will say again, I found like one YouTube video that even talks about Dungeon Dwarfs. So if anyone's <laughs> looking it up by tomorrow, we might actually get some hits for that. Again, by tomorrow, I mean Friday. We're recording on Thursday. It's it's confusing. So when you load it up, do they ask for your Netflix login? Is that how it works? So when you, well, I have Netflix on my phone, like already logged in. So when I loaded up oh. Dungeon Dwarves, it just kind of like, kind of authenticated for like a second. And then it put me in. It put me in as someone else because I share my Netflix, but then I change it to my profile. And it doesn't really matter because no one else who has my Netflix profile is going to be playing Dungeon Dwarves, but, or any games for that matter. Um, but yeah, it did, it did load it up. And when it comes up, it has like a little Netflix thing, which is weird. I don't know how it would work if you didn't have Netflix already installed on your phone, but I assume it would probably just ask for a login and maybe authenticate it off uh, site. But yeah, when you, and then you load it up and it's the same game for 10 hours, nothing changes. It is, I can't stress enough how boring it is. Does it do the little uh dun? I didn't hear it do dun, but I didn't. <laughs> I don't have my sound turned on for that, so uh, I have listened to the sound a little bit, and it is boring. But um, <laughs> I will listen this time for the dun. It does do like kind of like a the Netflixy thing with the lines, the stripes, but it doesn't yeah. like they're lighter and brighter. So I think it's like maybe a, like a oh. not rebrand, but like for games, I think more it's like bright, right. and then for, for like Netflix watching games. movies, it's like dark. Yeah. Trivia: Do you know where the dun comes from? No. That sound is from Frank Underwood's ring on the desk uh, in House of Cards. Now, it is wow. like that. Ex that is the exact sound. And Netflix actually like <laughs> denied it a couple weeks ago. Whoa. Uh, but it is very clearly the exact same sound from House of Cards. <laughs> I want the world to know Matt's on a House of Cards binge right now. Uh, eight years too late. <laughs> so anyway, I, I learned that. Um, Cause like, as I was going through, as I was watching the show, I would 
on Reddit, I would I would look at the like episode discussions. Of course. And one of the threads that came up was like, why is Netflix denying that this is not the sound? <laughs> and I, I, I was very skeptical. And then I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, that that is straight up. That is the ring sound. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Josh, what did you play this week? God, I've hardly played anything this week. Uh, I don't know what the deal has been. I've just been sitting on my ass. It's more, I guess, what I've been watching. Um, okay, you know what? Fair. I've played the usual. I've played WoW. I've played Final Fantasy. I actually, oh shit, I almost forgot actually. I reinstalled ESO. Whoa, nice. I'm, I'm reminded why I should not have done that. Uh, how is the combat so fucking bad? How did they, <laughs> yeah. how did they flub it so bad? The world is cool as shit. Like exploring it is a genuine pleasure and joy. Yeah. But it's just like having to trudge through the combat and like looking up guides for that shit. It's like click the left mouse button once, hold off, and then click it again a few more times. It's worse than New World. Like, how did you manage that? Congratulations, Eso. You fucking suck. Look, New World's got a lot of problems, but I don't think combat is necessarily one of them. Definitely not to the level of Eso. Um, I because I I sort of have fun with New World's combat, but Eso's is just a chore, like a shocking chore. But yeah, I redownloaded that. Redownloaded Guild Wars 2 because I want to dive back into it, but I played it a little last week. But this week, Scarlet Nexus, still on that grind. It's fun. It's a blast. I actually tried to watch the anime rendition of it just to see what the similarities of it were. Oh, wow. Just play the video game. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's been a, it's been a slow, slow week. Uh, but it, sometimes these are nice to just like kick back, you know, started Naruto um just just kick back take it easy and uh you know it's, 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 it's been nice very nice very sometimes you need you don't want to get burnt down on video games sometimes you just need a week to either get away from it a little bit or play a little bit less and then you can get back into it i'll get into what i played because it's gonna segue into what mike played for a lot this week so first off i played some house flipper I played some house flipper with the wife. We sat down next to each other at the computer and took turns flipping houses. Not really. We're not at that point yet. We're doing jobs for other people, I guess. So you can learn the game slash make enough cash to buy a house so that you can then flip it. I, I guess that's how it works. But it's it's definitely more polished than I thought it was going to be. It doesn't feel like some sort of janky broken game that you might imagine looking at some screenshots it's actually it's 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 good it's just tedious it can be satisfying at times though what's good is that the upgrades over time sort of take away the tedium like being able to paint one strip of a room at a time but you can upgrade it so you can do like three and and do it more quickly and use less paint so you don't have to keep going back to the paint can and and you upgrade pretty quickly so played some house flipper, definitely going to play some more maybe this weekend, but I'm really enjoying it. It's just a, it's a good fun time. Might want to stream it at some point, actually, just sort of a chill stream. I know Mike streams a lot of house flipper, so I'll be copying him on that. But what I really want to get into here, and Mike is going to take most of this, but Pokemon Legends Arceus. Here's the thing. Even with the good reviews, I was still skeptical. Even with Mike's review, which was, I would say, mostly positive. It had, I would say, a lot of the bad stuff was, look, it's a Pokemon game, so it's not perfect. 
fact. That's just sort of what comes with the territory. But it it really does truly feel like the Pokemon game we always dreamed dreamed about. Like throwing Pokeballs in the game feels like how I always wanted it to feel like. It just feels so good. The way you can freely use Pokeballs, freely interact with gathering nodes, you can move around during combat, craft, change your outfit. All of this stuff just sort of makes it feel like it's the next step that we always wanted with a Pokemon game. And it's it's still not quite there. It's not quite where we would want it to be, in, in mostly graphically, and I would say story-wise. There's a lot of hand-holding at the beginning. Pokemon story has never been good, which is sort of disappointing because I think there's something there you could that you could really explore in Pokemon, but it's never been great. There's no voice acting like there just isn't in Pokemon games. So there is still stuff left to be desired, but also like it's still probably the most immersive Pokemon game that has existed. I can't wait to play more tonight and all weekend. It it feels so much better than I thought. Like I said, even after the good reviews, it's it's a blast and I, it really does make me excited. I'm so glad that I cashed this, by the way, on a previous game groups, because I do think that this is going to usher in the I, I do think the Game Freak is finally going to get I have nothing to base this off of. Off of. Like, this is purely faith based right here. But I do think the next game Game Freak is finally going to get it, improve on what they did with Pokemon Legends Arceus and, and really make the first like truly great Pokemon game. I feel like I think Pokemon Silver and Soul Silver stuff like that are really good games. I love those games, but I, I Pokemon's always been really, really good, but not great. But I feel like they're so close now with the next step after Arceus. Anyway, Mike, I know you played a lot more than I did this week, so I want to get some of your thoughts. If you haven't watched Mike's review yet, go to the Goodnight Group's YouTube channel. It's a fantastic review. Uh, but Mike, a couple of your thoughts, maybe post review thoughts. Right, so this will spoil a little bit of the review, but that's fine. I think most of what I talked about in the review still stands. I think that there's a. I've seen a lot of praise for the environments. Uh, some of the environments I haven't been super impressed with. I find myself like going. Firstly, I I am four zones in, so I have made it to. There are five big zones and then there's one additional zone that i've seen there are there are five fully fleshed out zones i have seen four i have not seen the last zone but everything just kind of seems very samey i will say the fourth zone finally doesn't feel very samey and i know people are gonna can sit there and say that the third zone which is um coast it's a coastlands um is like how can you say okay. that it's a samey but like Everything just feels like forest plus something. And the more that I think about it, the more that's what it is. And it and it kind of has to be because all the berries are and the apricorns and everything are tied to trees. So you right. have to have trees. But like everything feels like forest plus something. The second the first zone is forest plus forest. Um that's just what it is. Uh it's just giant like wooded zone. <laughs> Double forest. Forest square. Some call it. Then the second zone is forest plus a swamp. Then the third zone is forest plus a beach. Then the next zone is, uh, it feels the most different because you're in a mountain. But like, I just, 
I wanted more. I wanted like a sand area. I wanted something that didn't have trees. Honestly, if it's such a nitpick, but I just want something other than grass and trees. Like a desert. Yeah, yeah. Here's like the a thing. Desert. Let, me, let me ask you this because you are further. Yeah. I assume like you get better, you get different berries later on, but mm-hmm. couldn't they have just, they could have kept areas where you can farm berries if you want to. Couldn't they have done a desert type area where it just doesn't have any? And if you want berries, you go farm somewhere else. Right. I think that that's what they needed to do. Um, it does feel like the uh, yield per bush or tree or whatever gets better the further you go. So like the later maps have when you hit a node, it'll give more, which is nice because you need more ingredients to make ultra balls and stuff. But um, it feels very samey in like the the decorum of the zone. The, the zones themselves are very different. Um, there's a each zone has its own like traversal thing gimmick if you want to call it or whatever but kind of like guild wars 2 where each each map when they released mounts had a different way to traverse the map and that required you to get a new mount it literally is the exact same in pokemon that being said it's very good game i think it's fantastic what they've done with it i think it is lacking some things just like as i've been playing some things that i think would be interesting would be to add random encounters um, and I don't mean walk through bushes and then your string goes black and you have to fight a Pokemon. I mean, like actual RPG random encounters have trainers out there who are out there catching Pokemon also. And then you can go yeah. and talk to them and do stuff or have defenseless people out there and they're being attacked by aggressive Pokemon. And you have to go save them or have Team Rocket or Team Galactic or whatever the evil team is out there doing bad shit and you have to go stop them. Like have events other than there's a dome over there and that's a that's a time distortion. Go there, you'll find Pokemon. Or here's a mass outbreak. Catch all the Pokemon while they're here. You might get a shiny. That being said, very good game. If you like Pokemon, you will probably like it. If you don't like pro Pokemon, you will still probably like it. It's it is very fast paced and quick and i enjoy it it gets a little bit bogged down and becomes a little bit more like pokemon towards the later maps that being said you can basically skip all of the fighting if you wanted to up until up until like you know the trainer battles which there are like probably 20 in the game there are not that many and if you don't want to be bogged down with fighting other wild pokemon you just you just ride right past them and they just leave you alone. It's very good. I don't want this to be mainline Pokemon. And I, it's a weird thing to say because it is very good. I'll, I'll put it this way. If Game Freak makes another Legends game, which I don't see how they can't, they'd be dumb not to. And it is literally just this copied and pasted in a different place. Like right now we're in Hisui. Yeah, Hisui. Hisui, uh, which is Sinnoh, which is uh, Diamond Pearl Gen. If they were like, okay, we're going to do this, but we're in Johto now, I'd be like, you changed nothing? No, this is bad. I I think this game is like three steps away from being like the pinnacle, and it's not there, and I'm afraid Game Freak is going to be like, we succeeded so much, and we spent so little money. Let's do it again. And I'm going to be like, 
fucking I hate you, Game Freak. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened last time. Um, but yeah, uh, very good game. Played. I've played so much of it. I like. If I have any idle time, that's what I'm doing. I have a sick obsession with perfecting the Pokedex because <laughs> if you perfect it, you get a better chance at shinies. Um, I have perfected three Pokemon so far. I'm almost on my fourth and I'm just like, I'm just going to perfect the whole thing. I'm aggressively going after it and then I'm going to aggressively shiny hunt. I love this game. It's so much fun. It's very casual. It's great. It is a great second screen type of game. Yeah, I, I like it. I will say that my my take on the story, uh, now that I've gotten further, I like the story more just because of some of the reveals that it has in it if you've played literally every Pokemon game. So if you know all of the Pokemon lore, you're going to oh, be like, okay. whoa, this is wicked sweet. If you don't, you're going to be like, this is dumb. Um, <laughs> so uh, for Pokemon nerds, the story is probably fantastic for people who have played maybe one, maybe two, maybe none uh, of the Pokemon games. You're going to be like, eh, this is corny and cheesy and dumb, but you got to realize it's a kid's story. So that being said, not the only thing I played. Um, I'm currently playing Dying Light 2 um, <laughs> and I've played a couple other games that I wanted to shout out because I think some people here will find them interesting. I've played a game called Deadbolt. It's by uh, Hapu Games. Uh, they made Risk of Rain 2. Um, very fun, very short. Uh, very, uh, like, it, you're, you're, you kill zombies. You're a reaper. You use guns. It's a 2D shooter, um, side-scrolling shooter. Hmm. It's very neat. Uh, I would say check it out. It's, I think it's on sale. Um, I also played some Please Touch the Artwork, which is a puzzle game that is based on art, kind of. You're like in an art museum, and there's different puzzles based on like different art forms. It is fun, yet at the same time I sat there and I could feel my brain just like melting from some of the puzzles. I was like, oh, oh no, geez. I need to stop doing this um it's great i love it it's also on sale a lot of things are on sale because lunar new year sale uh what else did i play i think that's it i picked up uh green hell i have that now because i picked nice. that up on sale we should play co-op sometime we should i also picked up you know I, I finished sonic adventure 2 uh i started playing sonic mania both great games would recommend but yeah uh that's that's my spiel if you if you have any like inkling, like hmm, maybe I want to buy the Pokemon game, go buy it. It is worth your time. One thing I just want to say one more thing you pointed out. It's fast paced. It is a fast paced Pokemon game. Probably the first one to be like that. And that is to me, that's the biggest change because I, I really hated the slowness and the grind of many of the older Pokemon games. And I know it, over the years it got easier with XP share and stuff like that, but the the pace of Arceus is what I'm really enjoying. How far are you in it, Matt? Not very far. I've only played for... Okay, so you haven't hit any of the boss? Okay. I don't know. I don't think I've done a boss. Well, if you, you sat there and you said that, you know, you've been wanting to try out a Souls game, welcome to the simplest Souls game ever. <laughs> 
baby's first souls game oh dodge roll learn to dodge oh okay cool nice yeah they're very dark souls boss-esque i think i feel that way one of them is annoying and i died to it three times and i hate it but um yeah that'll give you a taste of it all right i'll keep that in mind going forward and i'll i'll think when i'm dodge rolling all over the place hey this is like uh this is my baby's first dark souls (laughs) <laughs> all right let's move on to audience questions every week we address audience questions comments or concerns we take questions from our supporters on patreon at patreon.com so go to groups we can leave your questions in the comments section of the previous episodes post the one dollar tier will get you access to these submissions you can also email us at gamegroups at gmail.com but we're gonna look at the patrons first all right this first question this comes from a fish a fish sent this in all right we don't have to go super <laughs> no laughs for that one Okay, we don't have to go super in-depth on this one, but just... Yep. Uh, Give me your quick answer. What's an example of a good underwater level? There are so many that are so infamously bad, but what's an example of a good underwater level? Josh, what's a good underwater level? We're going to old Donkey Kong Country. uh, To Coral Capers, where the classic aquatic ambience plays. It's just good. Like It's not a bad underwater level. Like you get to hop on the the swordfish, you get to ride around the little platforming aspects underwater work well. The controls are functional and nice, and it's just look it looks great. Like the just as like an aesthetic. Like I mean, I, on the whole, I think Donkey Kong Country for its time was beautiful. Oh yeah, it was. But like it just really shows itself on the underwater level, and it's not just pretty because it's underwater. It also just functions really well. So shout out to my boy, uh, the Donkey Kong. Uh, the legend himself. I love it. Now, I'm going to go next because I thought that this might have been Josh's pick, but it wasn't. And I know it's not necessarily loved by everybody, but I thought the Vashir zone in WoW, World of Warcraft, is about as good as you can possibly do an underwater zone in an MMO. It's a very polarizing level. I think you either love it and the art and like the way it feels, or you fucking hate Here, it. But here's the thing. I don't think especially in a game like wow a tab target mmo i don't know if you can do an underwater zone better now is that to say they should have ever done an underwater zone at all i don't know i kind of respect the attempt and i thought it was a pretty good attempt now here's an example of like rift has an underwater zone in one of the expansions and for many parts of it you just straight up walk on the bottom and that's where all the content is it's not floating around so you might as well just not even be underwater so the fact that they actually tried to do something with Fashir, I thought was admirable. And I thought they did a pretty good job. In fact, the best possible job, really, that they could have done for an underwater zone in an MMO like that. So that's that's my pick. Mike, what's your pick? You know, you, you decided on MMOs and Guild Wars 2 is not a, it's not a pinnacle in underwater. There's a reason why they stopped really developing underwater areas i would say and this isn't really an underwater level so this is kind of a cop-out answer i would say mario kart 8 dolphin shoals is beautiful <laughs> and fun and i love it and um yeah that's my answer <laughs> i don't think there is really a good underwater level unless the game is built around it and which i would say subnautica underwater is probably good but i don't need Thalassophobia. I'm good. <laughs> Paul, what's a good underwater level? 
Yeah, I have enough phobias without the lassophobia, which I kind of already have, so I don't need to like really live it out. Uh, I'm, I'm safe here away from the ocean where I currently am landlocked. Uh, yeah, good underwater levels. Great questions. Yeah, I, I thought about Guild Wars 2. I thought about Donkey Kong Country. These are all great uh, answers. I know you didn't say Guild Wars 2, Mike, but still, they're interesting thoughts. But I have to go with... Uh, I have an answer and an honorable mention. My answer is the Sonic games, the 2D Sonic games. I know there is a lot of, you know, some people say this is stressful or it's too hard or it's a little frustrating, but I will say the music of those scenes when you are dying, the dun 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 it is so stressful, but I think in a really good way, they perfectly captured that feeling like, oh shit, I am going to drown as it speeds up and speeds up. And there, because the game is so fast in 2D Sonic, you really, you have this opportunity to kind of get up and get out of the water or you got to get out of there quickly, which I think works because when you play in a lot of other games that aren't about speed, there's, it's like, I need to get out of here. Why aren't I able to get out? Why am I not able to get out of here? Um, whereas in Sonic, it's kind of the whole point. So I thought the Sonic underwater levels were pretty awesome. Sonic also makes a horrible noise when he drowns, uh, <laughs> which was pretty scarring when I was a kid. Um, and special shout out to Super Mario 64, which I think had kind of uh, interesting but garbagey uh, <laughs> underwater levels. But I have a very flashbulb moment as a kid. Um, it was my first game that I ever got first system I ever got in 64 super mario 64 all my family was there watching me play it my extended family was watching <laughs> and i drowned mario i didn't on purpose but he drowned and he's like grabbing and he's like oh, oh, oh. and everyone's like this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> and so that's uh something i'll always remember when i think of an underwater level <laughs> that's amazing truly amazing everyone watching mario die together miyamoto would not be happy with that although he put that in the game so I don't know. Maybe he's has a weird sick pleasure. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Tickle my listicle. Again, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. We can kind of roll through this. But yeah, Tickle My Listicle is back, baby. And in Tickle My Listicle, the panel puts together a list to fit around a certain topic. And then we discuss our picks right here uh, on the show. We'll take turns sharing our picks for each round until we get to our number one pick. In the category this week's listicle is our top three video game collectibles. I allowed the groups to define collectibles really how they wanted to. So I'll start us off here. I'll give my my first one first. I'm going to give an honorable mention. Honorable mention is to Gwent cards in The Witcher Three. Here's the thing though. I like playing Gwent more than I like collecting the cards. I actually don't think like the actual collecting of the cards could have been done way better. Uh, but the game itself is great. So because of that, and it's like a collectible card game in a way, threw that in there. But my real number three pick is the trading cards in Last of Us Part 2. I just think they're neat because of the art. It's like this classic trading card game with superheroes and villains from an in-universe comic book series, and you go around collecting them. And uh, the alternative when you're playing, you know, as the other characters, spoilers, is collecting the state quarters so that's kind of cool too but i prefer the ellie version which is collecting the trading cards I, I think that was a really neat collectible to put in a game where collectibles usually are just kind of throwaway things but i thought you know they put effort into the art on these and they gave them like real stats and descriptions and stuff and i thought that, that was kind of cool paul what about you Matt, if you keep asking me to tickle your listicle, pretty soon we're going to be purchased by Microsoft. So oh. maybe you should, uh, oh, no. should, should watch <laughs> oh, watch no. your candor. Sir. Well, then I'll keep it up. 
<laughs> I know it does sound does sound intriguing. Bobby Kotick made out pretty well, so yep. uh, I don't. I'm not speaking uh, in favor of anything. Now, my uh, my third answer here, number three, I'm coming in with Fallout Vault Boys. Anytime you know you collect your Vault Boys, you get your little your little special your little special perks. It's fun. They're cute. They're all over the world. I feel like I have a feeling that Josh might have these on here somewhere else as well. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, I like them. I, I feel like I did like a Trump there. Not to, <laughs> Josh might have these on here. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So, uh, some people are saying Josh has these on his list. Some people are saying. I don't know. I've never seen them. I've never seen them on his list. <laughs> are you saying Abraham Lincoln was on there? All right. Um, all right. Moving on. Moving on. Josh, your number three collectible. We're going to give it to my old WoW book collection. I don't have a lot of WoW books, but actually I lied. I have a pretty good amount, uh, and I'm trying to eventually build it back up. But uh, Shout out to Richard A. Knack. Because, hey. bro, unironically the best one, uh, yeah. because that's the one I need to get, because I have the Chronicles of War. I have a few other ones over here. Like, honestly, one of the best ones, which is... Uh, Arthas was a Christy Golden book, though, right? It was. Christy uh, Golden Ar- yeah, Arthas, yeah. Arthas was one. And then, oh, what was it? It was the uh, the it's the War of the Ancients. If any if you're yes. gonna read anything WoW lore related, read the fucking War of the Ancients. I don't have it anymore. I need to get it. Uh same with the one that started it all for me, Day of the Dragon. I don't Day know, it's just Dragon's nice. It's killer. It's what kick started the WoW lore for me. It's what made me fall in love with it. Uh and it's why I want to hold on to and get really every book I can get my hands on. Phew. Fucking nerd, dude. Bro, actually, though. Gaming and reading? Dude, what? What a loser. Embarrassing. (laughs) Is number two on your list the Halo books? (laughs) Next thing you know, you're going to be on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, your number three pick, please. Wow, I feel called out because, you know, Halo books. Anyways, (laughs) my number three. I've really had to think about this. I do have an honorable mention. I think that's going to be because it's not really a collectible. Uh, Guild Wars 2 jumping puzzles. Oh, uh, yes. You can go and do them all. You collect achievements. So I'm not really going to count it, but Guild Wars 2 jumping puzzles are amazing. The uh, My actual number three answer is going to be Skulls in Halo because... Everyone knows that skulls are part of Halo since the dawn of time. And I just really love the fact that you can find ones that are punishingly cruel and ones that are hilarious, like adding in uh, weird dialogue from the elites or just making grunts heads explode. Gotta love them. Now, before I give my next pick, I would do want to say, I think Josh read this question very different from the... The other two, which is totally fine. I am, like I said, define it how you want. And I'm very curious to see this uh, at a different angle. I guess, Josh, is that is um, am I right in saying that you thought like uh, like physical collectible video game memorabilia? Actually, I was kind of just going to combine the two. So oh, it, it okay. may actually lean more into the more consistent ones. Next. Okay, cool. All right. My number two is two things together as one because they're sort of the same thing it's the voxophones in bioshock infinite and the audio data points in horizon zero dawn i like it when collectibles are more than just something you pick up and these are collectibles yeah you you seek them out you pick them up Um, actually i don't know if you pick up voxophones i don't think you do 
but they give you extra story. There's really good dialogue. It makes you actually want to find all of them because specifically, well, really with with both of these games, but specifically with Horizon, if you aren't collecting these and getting the story from them, then you're actually missing out on a large part of the story <laughs> and a lot of context. So I do like when they when they really do sort of force you to want to collect these things, but then you're also rewarded with the fact that you're actually getting good story from them. You're getting some neat audio. And I think here's the difference between these two, and I could be wrong on this. Maybe I'm switching them up. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But with the Voxophones and Bioshock Infinite, my pet peeve is you have to be standing next to it the whole time to hear it. However, in Horizon with the data points, you can click it, collect it, move on, keep moving to the next room or whatever while the audio is still playing. I might be wrong on that, uh, but I think that's the case. The worst, though, I actually dislike this more than just a regular collectible is when it's something that you collect and you have to go into a menu and then listen to it in a menu. You, you can't actually be like in the game world listening to it. You have to actually sit in the menu listening to it. That's the worst. Don't do that, game developers. Don't put that in your game. Anyway, Paul, you're number two. Yeah, my number two. I agree, by the way. I, I actually don't even mind the menu one nearly as much as I mind having to stand at a certain point. Good Lord, that drives me crazy. Like, just <laughs> follow me. And like and the ones where you can like pick up an audio log like in Fallout and listen to it on your Pip-Boy while you're running around, incredible. Yeah, that's Stuff cool. where you have to fucking stand in the same spot. And then if you walk away, it gets quieter and quieter until you can't hear it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to skip. I'm going to skip your dialogue. I'm so sorry, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Next one for me. Uh, this one near and dear to my heart. This is my classic choice. Banjo Kazooie collectibles. We're talking Jinjos. We're talking notes. We're talking Jiggies. <laughs> not necessarily the crazy thing about this, not necessarily all on theme. Like there's clearly music theme in Banjo Kazooie, the kazoo. You got the notes, right. you got treble clefts. But also on the flip side, there's puzzle pieces. That is also a theme. And also these cute little pointy guys called Jinjos. That's also a thing. Uh, there's a lot there, but they're all really cute and they make adorable noises. And I just, I love them all. And it's my favorite collectible. I mean, special shout out to Super Mario 64 with the stars. That just feels so satisfying. And those were the best collectible ever. Um, but I mean, I don't know, not for me, but in general, but yeah, Banjo has it locked up. I will say, I don't have any like 3d action platformer collectibles on my list just because they're, they're all similar unless you have like a specific memory attached to one banjo my friend which you do with banjo but i could have like put in general like 3d action platformer collectibles as a as a numbered item on this list and i think that would have worked because that is such a collectathons in those games like that I, that's what i love about them i will say one last thing too i forgot to mention that when you collect i believe a puzzle piece in banjo uh he kazooie sticks out the back and eats it i'm pretty oh, sure i love that i'm pretty sure that's part of it he swallows it um for safekeeping so even better Perfect. Josh, you're number two. Uh, we have quite similar answers here, Paul, except mine is a uh, slightly different variation on the collectathon. Uh, Jack and Daxter, the precursor hey, legacy. Yeah. The precursor orbs and power cells are so fucking fun to collect. Uh, I mean, the orbs are, you know, easy. They're all kind of out there. They're scattered about, but the power cells, they're just, it's just satisfying and fun when you collect one, similar to uh, Kazooie eating it. You know, Daxter does some goofy ass shit and like slam dunks it in your like backpack or something or just grabs it. Like 
there's just it's just unique and it was like after playing it after i'd grown up and going back and revisiting it to see if i actually liked it as much it really is so satisfying to get every single one like the idea that i just left one behind like i was like god fucking damn it i need every single orb i need every single power cell before i complete this game uh it was it was really fun uh and still i honestly i need to go back and redo it again Josh, I really want a Jack and Daxter remake for myself, but I think now more so I want one to exist for you. <laughs> like I want it so bad. <laughs> I just wait for the day where we're we're streaming ourselves watching one of these gaming conferences and it just shows you just see Daxter on screen and you just go nuts. I will shit in the floor. Oh, well, please don't do that. Mike, <laughs> your number two pick. You know, I, I think the, the story related audio logs and stuff those are cool i like those that was a good answer but um my number two answer i'm giving it to this because it's the only reason i never hundred percented fucking arkham city or arkham knight or any of that shit fucking riddler collectibles like riddler trophies they can eat my dick but i kind of love them because of it because it's like you gotta commit if you're going to 100% that game and it's like go find these 300 trophies they're riddles it's like wow cool neat awesome love it riddler thank you um and then his boss fight is uh underwhelming to say the least um but anyways uh yeah that's my number two answer <laughs> perfect all right number one here now was it gonna be anything else i don't think so my number one playstation trophies I mean, it's the ultimate collectible that alongside Xbox achievements, which is pretty much the same thing. It's just the ultimate collectible. It is the combination of all the other collectibles in the game and the getting that sweet, sweet platinum trophy is like the ultimate badge of being a collection master. So uh, that's my number one. I really didn't get into like getting trophies until like the last year or so. And now I almost feel like if I'm starting a game and I don't think I'm going to get the platinum because of either difficulty reasons or just like ridiculously long, like an Assassin's Creed game or something like that. I almost feel like I just don't want to play the game anymore, which I don't really like. Uh, so that's why if I know I'm not going to get a platinum and the game is also on PC, I will choose PC these days over that. So I don't feel that obligation. <laughs> Or just quit the game. Anyway, Paul, your number one collectible. Matt, you're a psychopath. I want that to be <laughs> written, <laughs> written uh, on the audio logs of the future. Oh, all right. My my top one will be Spider-Man PS4 backpacks. Yeah, I knew this was going to be your number one. Did you really? I, I love these I things. I always love Spider-Man collectibles. Uh, I'm a sucker for them. Not necessarily always getting every single thing, like in terms of like doing all the quests or doing all the things, but but in terms of collectibles, I love it. I, I think it was uh, Web of Shadows, or it might have been the amazing. I think it was Web of Shadows. There was like a thing where you could just like swing around and collect all these like comic book pages, and there were like hundreds and hundreds of them. That was amazing, Spider-Man. I was going to pick that as one. Of my yeah, and I collected all of them, and it was one of the best things I ever did. I'm so proud of myself. Uh, it wasn't even that hard, but just like every building had one in a cranny or a nook somewhere. 
and it was insane. But yeah, the PS4 backpacks, incredible. There were only 54 of them. I did look yeah. that up before. I didn't know beforehand, but uh, every single one, you know, gave you a little visual representation of the history of this Spider-Man. We got to hear some backstory, some great voiceover work by Yuri Lowenthal. And it was just really important for world building really early on. When I first picked up that game day one, because it was, you know, one of the biggest hype games for me ever. Uh, the first thing I did as soon as backpacks were unlocked, I went around and collected every backpack. <laughs> like I didn't, I just did, I d- immediately did that because I was like, oh my God, I realized like I'm going to learn all of this history about the character and about what this Spider-Man is like and who they know and, and you know, who, who have they dated and, and what's going on. And so that was so amazing to me. I love that kind of stuff. I is incredible. And it was an incredible implementation too. the backpacks. He webbed up like a million years ago and forgot about that's such a Spider-Man thing. It happens all the time. Uh, God, I could go on. Yeah. The, the backpacks were really well, as far as like traditional collectibles go, the, the uh the backpacks were really well done they were it was a smart implementation josh your number one collectible this was kind of a tough one because i mean naturally you all know the game that's coming but (laughs) it was more so what from said game right you know i could just say holy oh it's my og wow character my paladin you know i I collected a bunch of things on him but i figured i'd get more specific that holds a little more sentimental value that i've done all these years and that's the holiday achievements Oh, yeah. There have been some years where I've done maybe one, none. But overall, I've played since 2009, and I'm almost done with them. Uh, I just finished up the Christmas one this past year, and now all I've got is the Children's Week in May. And then that's it. I'm done with the like the holiday achievements, and I get the mountain. It's over. And it's, it's just weird, because I've <laughs> spent all of this time just doing all these achievements, but just here and there. You know, the Summerfest, I did the achievements in 2016 the lunar achievements i did in 2014 it it was just sparing and random when i just decided (laughs) oh okay i'm gonna log on and just do this shit and it's just it's really fucking cool to log on to that character that i always specifically do them on and to just go back and almost look at it as like a time capsule and be like this is what i was doing here this is what i was doing here And, and it almost like marks a point in my life when i was like i was i'm able to see why I maybe specifically went and did the lunar one, why I did summer, why I did the Halloween festival. It's just, it's satisfying. It's probably going to be a little bit strangely emotional when I finally complete it. Yeah. Uh, just because it's it's such a big thing that's taken so much time over all these years. Uh, so I'm, I, fuck, I'm so looking forward to finally being through with it because it's taken so goddamn long. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not. It's, it's a little bittersweet. Don't forget to screenshot it or record it or something. Absolutely. Have that forever. Mike, number one collectible. So my number one collectible, which I'm kind of disappointed that you guys didn't say it. I mean, number one, all time. Is it rings? Is it rings? No. What? Chaos Emeralds, of course. I mean, Chaos Emeralds are up there, but you already said like you were thinking 3D platformer collectibles. It's not that. It's Pokemon guys, like oh, the entire yeah. game is about uh, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> collect them all famously. True. That's the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta collect them all. Of course, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, not not catch. Collect. Right. Them yeah, all. I gotta collect them all. Buy all our play yeah. sets and toys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 Pokemon, it's the Pokedex, it's it's the OG collectible in a game. True. That's a great pick. I can't believe I overlooked that, but I'm still happy with my picks anyway. 
<laughs> but that's that was that was very smart. Very smart number one. All right, let's move on to the final segment here. A special shout out. Now each panelist is gonna give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. I'll start off kind of ironic here. A special shout out to Pokeballs. What an awesome tool. I've always loved them. Pokeballs are so cool. I love the fantasy of Pokeballs. Paul, your special shout out. Matt, I just want to ask really quick, if there were Pokeballs in real life, but not Pokemon, what would you do with a Pokeball? I would, I don't know, because I don't know. Now, here's the thing. They say they're, it's not cruel, right? Like the, the Pokemon don't n- not enjoy being in a Pokemon. It's always what the oppressors say. <laughs> so um, <laughs> if that's true, because I think there was one episode of the anime where we saw the inside and they were just like chilling, having a good time. It was like a beautiful Nirvana, but it was like right. bigger on the inside, TARDIS style. Exactly. Great. So if that is true, if that's the case, I would put my dog in the Pokeball and, and take her places. So. The game explains how po- why Pokeballs work, and their explanation is because Pokemon have the ability to shrink. Um, oh, I don't think your dog right. has the ability to shrink. Well, <laughs> you haven't met my dog. So you could just put tiny things in it. Yes. That's the key. I'll put some drill bits in it or like some screw heads that I can use uh, on a screwdriver. Maybe. Just so like that implies that these things are just like jostling around in there. Like while you're in a in your backpack and you're like going over a bumpy road, this thing just oh, oh no shit. technology, no technology, no no magic. They're just small. Firstly, not in a backpack. You put it. You put them on a belt. Yeah, come on. But here's on, the, here's Josh. the thing, Mike. When we saw it in the in the in the anime, there was a bit where there was like waterfalls. There were like a little. There's a garden. Yes. Did someone like ship in a bottle style, put that in a Pokeball, and then the Pokemon shrunk to that size to put it. Maybe like, how did they get all that stuff in there if it doesn't if it's not a dimension? I don't know. All they do is explain the the pre modern Pokeballs, and it's uh-huh. just like yeah. they shrink down and they just go in there. It's like oh, the modern ones they have a, a, a pocket dimension. I really feel that's. Where I'm the sure there's been innovations in Pokeballs <laughs> since you know Pokemon Legends Arceus. So what should we do with this pocket dimension? Let's put monsters in them <laughs> and carry them around. <laughs> we'll call them pocket dimension monsters. No, that's too long. No, it's too run. Just pocket monsters. It's fine. What about the dimension? Seems like the highlight here. All right, special. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in, I guess, because you asked me to. Special shout out to my boy Iqbal Alvi in my uh, in Rachel's recent Sims Three game. <laughs> Iqbal is a middle aged sim. He's becoming. He's almost old. He's got a big unibrow, and he's kind of a creep. Uh, he just impregnated three young adult women. Uh, didn't didn't date any of them. Like didn't like marry or like get in a long term relationship with any of them. He is uh, my favorite baby daddy. So shout out to my boy Iqbal. Iqbal is busy. He's a busy guy, and he's getting close to retirement. So, <laughs> Josh, your special shout out, please. Special shout out to the character I made in Dark Souls 3 named Shrek turned green, made him fat, and never played him again after he beat Udex Gunder. May he rest in peace. All right. Mike, you gave your shout out, right? Am I, I'm not skipping you? No, I didn't give my shout out. You didn't give your shout you, you spoke about something. It was Pokeballs. What's your shout out? Give your shout out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, I'm I'm disappointed that you know we we're lacking a Sonic shout out. So of course, I had I had one in the back pocket. If you went first Every and didn't time. say it, so yeah. Well, I I don't have one unfortunately. So, uh, my shout out isn't isn't a character from a video game, and he might be a bigger Sonic fan than even myself. Uh, my shout outs to Mitch. Uh, he appeared in one of our videos. <laughs> he's he's key and integral to my video making process. Mitch is a part of the Goodnight Group's extended universe now. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> is it is that the character you played, Mike, where you were the your roommate? Was that yes? Honestly, uh, I. It, that was I don't know what it is about the look like you didn't say a lot of things as the character but I it I thought it wasn't you for a second <laughs> like without the glasses different shirt like the different vibe you were just like you act you were just totally like it's like again not a lot of lines but you just like I felt like you were a different person like you 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 were methoding that person for days or something no same thing it was delivered super well for like two or three seconds I was like oh that's Mike got a, his friend to do the video with him yeah. <laughs> Mike has a career in acting, basically. Yeah, is, what we're is what I'm saying. Yeah. You look just different enough for a couple seconds that I could believe it wasn't you, and then I was totally sold that it wasn't you. That was great. <laughs> I loved it. So there you go. Glasses do make the man in this scenario. <laughs> they do. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing gaming podcast from the Goodnight Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups where we currently have three different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier will get you access to this show two days early. A special shout out to all of our patrons currently supporting us in the $5 plus tier, Ishmael S. and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything helps. I don't actually know the review system on Spotify. It might be thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't actually know. But whatever the po most positive I, I thing think, is. I think the most ivermectin that you purchase actually gets you a higher rating on Spotify. I think that's something about what I was reading this week. <laughs> Thankfully, we're not on uh, YouTube anymore. We'd automatically be demonetized. <laughs> But we are on Anchor, who is owned by Spotify, so we're in the clear. Oops. Uh, make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of our content, where you'll find this podcast, GG Replay, Solidify Groups, Game Reviews, and more. Guys, any last thoughts? Matt, I, I wrote for you here, but I, I wanted to shout out Replay. Uh, I, I, if you happen to be listening to this before Replay comes out Sunday, we're doing it live, 6 p.m. Eastern, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash goodnightgroups check it out it's going to be awesome we're relaunching the show and if you can't listen to it live no problem we have a new one coming out this week it's going to be really really cool so you definitely don't want to miss that and again if you miss it this week listen it's a busy week there's going to be future weeks but it's important to check it out yes the this isn't our only podcast we also have replay which is gaming and news centric just type goodnight grooves into your podcast app and the two shows will come up Weird, Matt. I just typed in "Goodnight Grooves" and it pulled up the Joe Rogan experience. Like, I don't, I don't. How I'm trying to just listen to gaming stuff. I'm actually the next guest on the show. <laughs> oh my god! That'll do it for us. I'm gonna get canceled. That'll do it for yeah, us here I can't, today. I can't Gentlemen, talk about it anymore. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Take care. Of it.